Forgive my dry eyes from uh, ragweed today, but God is good and we're going to get through this. I have a message for you today called Disconnecting from Trash. I feel, um, I feel this is very important. But why the youth refuse? This is our series, Youth Disconnect. And uh, let's go ahead and take our text. Simple enough, but wow, can you get anybody to obey it? 1 Corinthians 15.33, let's read now. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Can we do it one more time? Let's go. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Maybe 20 more, no, that'll be enough. You may be seated, thank you. Dear God, help us to understand what we just read. Help us to be doers and not just hearers, God, and believe it in Jesus' name, amen. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. If we're wondering what happened to the youth, if you're wondering why they don't have good manners, I don't mean just yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and that type of thing. I mean the manner of living. Why are you not living in a good way, in a good manner? I mean, you better believe they don't have manners anymore. But just their manner of living, why is it corrupted? Well, God says, be not deceived about this thing. Evil communications corrupt them. Now, we've asked the question, when you ask what happened to the youth, there's news articles and surveys calling attention to youth disconnecting from churches. Youth disconnecting from basic Bible, fundamental Christianity. And uh, I posed another question, and that is, where did the boys and girls go? When you ask where youth went and why, we might start with asking, where did boys and girls go? In other words, what happened to distinctions, to male, female, as God made them? What happened? The first question was answered, as I explained, in one sense, that they've been poisoned. A terrible Nazi type, New World Order experiment that has its roots in paganism, where Babylon pours out the wine all over the nations. Population control. Satan's hatred for God and mankind. Satan is poisoning the youth of America physically. Physically. I wanted to get that out there. You need to understand that. We showed how Scripture warns us about diet and our relation to food in the last days. So that you're not overcharged, as our Lord said in Luke. Not only in your bodies, but He said it can even expand to your heart. What you do physically ends up affecting your thinking. People don't want to believe that, see. We show numerous studies calling attention to the fact that some of the very things churches are noticing in youth, apathy, not caring, unable to read, passive males, unable to pay attention, so much more, not to mention hormonal reversals of male and female, can be caused or at least provoked by pesticides, phthalates, hormones, antibiotics in the food. This has not been dealt with. That's why I began with that foundation. It has not been 
faced or dealt with by modern Christian leaders. And I don't know when they'll wake up. It'll be way too late, it seems, when they finally wake up about this whole thing and realize, wow, we were poisoned. Wow, for 50 years we were poisoned. I mean, what in the world is going on? I've even showed that the New World leaders, New World Order leaders, bragged and said they were going to do it. So the first answer to what happened to the boys and girls will be Huxley's drugging for the brave new world. And we haven't even mentioned the literal drugs of Big Pharma and the psych drugs and such like. But we want to come to the second answer today. What happened to the boys and girls? Why do boys want to put on skirts and walk around all effeminate? And if they don't wear a skirt, they certainly act like they want to put one on. Why are girls, so many of them, so afraid? Praise God for feminine girls in this church, not afraid to be feminine. Praise God for you. You encourage me to keep going. And I believe where the Holy Spirit is, you should have women becoming more as God intended them to be and men becoming more as God intended them to be. As long as that is not interrupted somehow. See? You can't walk in the Spirit in church and be in the presence of the Holy Ghost and then go home all week and not walk in the Spirit. So the second answer to what happened to boys and girls, why are they so confused? Why are they so disconnected from church and from God? I don't mean all boys and girls. I don't mean all youth. But my second answer is going to be evil communication. And these are in no particular order of importance. I'm just telling you, foundationally, we're going to deal with this as the second point, is they were corrupted, as God said they would be, by evil communications. And the problem is, is getting people to believe this. Because psychologists are going to come out, you're going to have all these Christian testimonies, all of these things about, oh no, you don't want to keep children from evil communications, oh no. And, and, and what's going to happen is, you're not going to believe God. And you're going to believe that you are able, at least your family, because you're so special, you're able, your children are so special, you're able to give them evil communications, but nothing's going to happen bad. Not your little Johnny, your little Jimmy. You've got people willing to move to a rural, more family-friendly area just to separate. Praise God for that. But can you imagine going to all the trouble to move geographically only to just really make sure you bring sewer with you? People sometimes that don't even have a literal sewer system will make sure that they got the devil's sewer in their home. Pumping it. Pumping it. Right into the hearts of their children. No. Billy, you can't have bad Bobby spend the night. Bad association. We don't like Bobby. But Billy spends all night on social media with a hundred bad Bobbies all over the world. What, what could get in people's brains 
that they would understand we don't want bad Bobby coming over to our house spending the night. But here, son, take everything that the communists and the homos and the perverts and the antichrists, everything, their worldwide agenda that they've created and pump it into the hearts and affections of our children. Why are we deceived? Why are we disobeying this verse in America today? I'm going to throw out some reasons that I believe, but it might just come down to plain stubbornness. It might come down to that very thing that, want, that causes parents to spare the rod to begin with. See, you think that's for everybody else, but not you. You think you won't get hurt by it. We know the serpent is crafty. So if he knows that evil communications will corrupt good manners, then obviously he's going to work on this. Bring division into the home so husband and wife are not in unity about this. So if dad believes that we ought not have evil communications, you could sit around the table and mom can roll her eyes and sigh and children can look at mama's face and see, how's mama, what's she think about this? Oh, Mama doesn't like this. She doesn't agree. I get it. We're going to partner with Mama. And when Daddy leaves, we do whatever we want. See? Or maybe it's vice versa. God forbid. So we know the serpent's crafty. He comes to make youth feel, listen to me, that you are harshly treated, unfairly treated. I, I, I've read some articles in blogs last night, and they were written by some adults who were raised in Christian homes, went to fundamental churches, raised in Christian schools when they were still fundamentals to some degree. And they said, listen, we were raised in an environment where it, it was skirts on the girls. And, and uh, I tell you, you didn't go to the theater. If you went to the theater, you could be kicked out of school and, and, and uh, basically rebuked by the preacher. He preached against the theater. We, didn't, we, we grew up without any of these movies that, that you people uh, have become familiar with. And they described how they felt. We felt that we were being harshly, strictly treated. That everybody else was getting to partake, but not us. So, they talked about those feelings that were inside. Aren't those the very feelings that Satan, when Eve was in paradise, stirred up in her? Hey, can you eat of everything? You can't eat of nothing, can you? Well, that's not exactly true. We can eat of everything. We just can't eat of that. Wow, why can't you eat of that? Everybody's doing it. I mean, God knows that if you eat of that, you'll have a good time. So your father is trying to keep you from having a good time and experiencing what everybody else is experiencing. So that's how youth grow up. If you feel that way, it is totally natural. It's totally understandable why you would be feeling that way, especially with the devil stirring up those feelings with you. But here's what I noticed. So many of these adults had things like, wow, I guess they were right. So they're looking back as adults now, looking at society, and they're saying, I thought that this was wrong back then. But looking back... Wow, they were right. My pastor was right. My Christian school was right. My parents were right. I don't want you to have to get hurt and 
fall in the sewer and waddle in the pig pen and come out with scars and shame and your testimony all messed up. Come limping like Jacob. I want you to come back to God. By all means, come back to God, but I'd rather you not leave to begin with. Amen? I'd rather you not experience the pig pen. Now, here's the sad thing. Listen to me. The adults that should know better, they grew up separated maybe. Or maybe you didn't, but maybe you realize, you know, now that I understand it, boy, I'm going to practice this for my kids. You're that second generation now. Your kids are. And you start sparing for the crying of your children. You say, poor little pookie poo. I know what it's like. You're suffering so much when all these other kids get to enjoy the filth and vomit and sewer and antichrist. Uh, Maybe a little bit's not going to hurt my little pookie poo. Because I don't want you to have to suffer. I tell you what. I was homeschooled and whatever, but we're going to open the door and, hey, I'm going to be right there beside you. And I'll get to enjoy the things now as an adult that I never enjoyed when I was a child. How foolish! Why don't you give a little bit of heroin to your children? You know why you don't do that? Because that's wicked. And they become what? Addicted. So, you're telling me, as you spare the rod of separation for your little pookie poo, you're telling me that you're going to give them a little bit of worldly poison and somehow you're going to be able to manage this thing. That somehow the devil's not smarter than you when it comes to evil and you're going to end up getting addicted to this worldly poison and now you don't know how to enjoy yourself without worldly poison. Your child doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't know how to live. He'll fall apart without that worldly poison and that addiction to media. Why does the Bible say, look not at the wine? Does it say, drink just a little bit of the poison wine of the devil? No, it says, don't even look at it. So I'm going to tell you the same thing. When it comes to the vomit and filth of communists and antichrist and sodomites and feminists, don't even look at it. Don't even touch it. Don't go down that road. So now that Satan has brought self-pity and sympathy and the victim mentality, really it's pride when you come down to it. Because what you're saying is it won't hurt my pookie poo. He's so special, he knows better. These other kids, they have to separate, but not my pookie poo. He'll be all right. So now that you've got that willingness there, Satan and his earthly helpers know that he can now package things. Listen to me in a way that the poison looks safe. It looks normal as apple pie. Everybody does it. I'm not a bad parent because I'm giving my children magic and occultism and 
opening the door to pornography, if not literal pornography, right here in the movie. Uh, you know, I'm not a bad parent. You know why I'm not a bad parent? Because everybody's doing it now. But, but wait a minute, parent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did the Bible say, as in the days of Noah, it shall be in the days of the second coming of our Lord? In effect, is that what he said? Did he say in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man? Did he say that? If so, then you can expect all the world to go crazy. And you better be the ones like Noah and like Enoch. And you ought to be righteous and you ought to be the exception to what's going on today. I thought the Bible said... Exodus 23, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Well, the whole multitude says this is okay. And, and, and multitude of Christian churches says it's okay. Hey, they didn't 15 years ago. And if they did, they sure didn't 25 years ago. They didn't 30 years ago. The largest church in America says this stuff's filth. What happened? Some generations got lost somehow or another. I don't care what the multitude does. Sure, you're going to have to stand out. You're going to have some persecution. You're going to be different. That's hard to bear. But you know what? Man up. Cowboy up about it. The Lord says you cannot be my disciple unless you forsake everything. If you love this world and you love what this world thinks about you, then guess what? If you love the praise of man, you cannot love the praise of God. You've got to choose which one you want. Do you want to be right and on the right side, when all those angels and the God, the, the Father, all of those angels come in the second coming of Christ. The Bible says, you'll be ashamed in that generation, in that day when He comes. You've got to pick your side. You've got to pick your side. Go ahead, follow the multitude. Follow the multitude right off the cliff. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Proverbs 11. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. God sits back and says, oh, so you're going to follow the multitude? You got a whole lot of people that agree with you? Grandma agrees with you? Not in this house, but I'm saying that... Uh, Maybe you have a family members that, that agree, oh yeah, you ought to just open up the door to Satan, you know, and to the world. And You've got all kinds of people that agree with you. God says you're not going to be unpunished. You will experience the consequences. You will. But notice this. Boy, I tell you what, this make your hair stand up. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. You know what this is saying? It's saying your seed will not be delivered. It's saying that this punishment will be brought on your children. It's saying if you want to join hands with the wicked in your house, in your family, and do what they do, your seed will be punished. But the righteous, their seed will be delivered. Wow. Wow. The devil doesn't merely use the crowd to manipulate and intimidate. Let's go back to the natural for just a second, okay? Y'all still awake with me? All right, all right. I warned about cane sugar being addictive and evil and bringing diabetes. I walk up to women and say, what, what are you doing? Your child's going to have diabetes before you know it. I've watched with my own eyes a year later 
insulin having to be put in a boy. I've been mocked. When people say, oh, here's some sugar, boy, this is sure good, Joey, you want some? Nope. Next thing you know, they've got diabetes. Oh, did you hear so-and-so's got diabetes? Got it bad. So then it came out years later. Wow, this stuff's worse than heroin. This stuff is so dangerous. It's one of the most powerful addictive drugs that you could ever imagine. Now what do we see? I got a point here. Drudge headline. CBS, November 2021. Doctors seeing rise in diabetes in younger population. In alarming numbers, more people are learning they have diabetes. That impacted population is getting younger. It is impacting people in an age group that never used to give diabetes any thought. It is the leading cause of blindness. It can affect kidney function, affect the nerves, cause nerve damage, reproduction. It can even affect mental health and mood. Dr. Kellis says it starts with seeing a nutritionist, increasing exercise, reducing refined sugars, white bread, white pasta, and eliminating all sugary beverages and desserts. Wow. At least for the first time, they're putting in major media newspapers how to stop this thing. That used to, you would never see anything like that in major media newspapers. Amazing. Um, but listen, this applies to evil communications. Do you understand that? Because as you desire to be normal and fit in, then you open the door to just a little bit, it's not going to hurt, a little bit of addiction. What drug addict ever was basically saying a little bit's okay? You, you begin with a little bit, but you end with a whole lot. That little bit keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how the brain works. That's how all addiction works. Now, there's been a giant pushback on vaccines. Not nearly as big a push, because they're using the biggest propaganda, that same propaganda machine that said, smoking is bad, we want to go after the tobacco companies. Wow, how did you cause a whole generation to stop smoking? That was amazing. They said, yeah, watch what we can do. Go take a vaccine. A whole generation, millions Go and get vaccinated. We haven't studied it. We haven't researched. You know what I mean? This is bad news. Uh, we don't know what it's going to But nevertheless, go do it. Go do it. And everybody runs to go do it. It's amazing. But with all of that propaganda machine and all of that money, we're not talking billions. We're talking trillions of dollars. With that whole machine of propaganda and coercement, there's still a pushback in America. There's still a pushback. Around the world, really. So let me show you what's coming next. And believe me, they've only seen the tip of the iceberg as far as the side effects and bad results of these vaccines. But notice, scientists are attempting to grow COVID vaccine-filled spinach, lettuce, edible plants to replace COVID injections. Oh, they'll get you. They'll get the churches. So you got churches pushing back. They just laugh and say, oh, we'll get the churches. All we got to do is put it in mashed potatoes. They'll eat it because churches could care less what poisons are in their food. 
Researchers at the University of California were awarded $500,000 grant from the National Science Foundation developing technology that infuses, infuses experimental COVID vaccines into spinach, lettuce, and other edible plants. The researchers are tasked with demonstrating the genetically modified plants can produce enough of the mRNA to replace COVID jabs and infuse the plants with the right dosage required to eat to replace vaccines. You know what's going to happen then? You're not going to have a pushback. Because there'll be some preachers, you ought not eat that. It's got poison in it. Well, it's always had poison in it. It's had pesticides. It's had genetically modified Roundup. It's had all kinds of things. and It's had, uh, not to mention the ingredients they tell you are in it, but it's full of hormones and antibiotics and phthalates and everything. It's always had poison in it. And the same Christians will take this and swallow it, just like they did genetic modification, just like they did pesticides, just like they did the antibiotics. And purposely, farmers say, oh yeah, I'm trying to bring hormonal reversal to my animals so they'll grow bigger and, and give me more money. And guess what happens? You put it right in your mouth. Doesn't matter what happens to your children. Now listen, this is one of the biggest satanic traps All the devil does is change the form, and Christians buy it. See, change the form. Oh, they'll eat it. Because if anybody dares say, don't eat that, they'll say, I'm at liberty to eat anything I want. Even though that never made sense. It made sense that you're at liberty of whether you're going to eat vegetables or whether you're going to eat meat. Nowhere did the Bible say, you're at liberty whether you do heroin or not. You're at liberty whether you take cocaine or not. You're not even at liberty whether you look at the wine or not. That's a fake Christian liberty. You've never been at liberty to poison yourself. That's a lie from hell. No, it's not even from hell. It's a lie from Satan. So there's a stronghold in this food thing. So guess what? Let's apply this to media and entertainment. Pornography. How are they going to increase their customers? Try putting some insightful news articles and interviews that they can't get anywhere else. Now the conscience, this is how propaganda works, now the conscience has an excuse to satisfy. I'm just looking at the news articles. See, that happened to a generation. Remember, Bernays taught the commercial cake makers, remember. Freud's nephew, master of propaganda, wrote the book Propaganda. Remember, he says, well, why won't women buy our ready-made cake boxes? And the reason is, is because then they couldn't take credit for making a cake. See? So they said, okay, we'll fix it to where they just have to add an egg and they have to do something. And it worked. It worked. Women went out and bought the instant cake and it was an amazing thing. So, so propaganda experts try to figure out, why won't you partake of our pornography? Why won't you partake of our sewer? And they figure this out and figure, okay, so your conscience is against you. How can we appease your conscience? This has been going on for thousands of years. Christians will view almost anything if it can be said to be for research. Why are you, I'm trying to see what the New World Order is doing. Why are you watching that latest movie on the occult, 
filled with lewdness and fornication and gore and all kinds of magic and indoctrination. Well, I'm, I'm trying to see what, what, what the Antichrist is doing. You wouldn't believe they're showing everything that's coming in these, in these movies. I mean, you wouldn't believe they're showing what they're going to do. I'm watching. This is research. This is research. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I've run newsletters with thousands of people. I, I, I've done all kinds of things. I've researched all down throughout the ages. I've never seen the Passion of Christ. I've never seen any of these films. I, I, I don't watch these things. I can find out what I need about it without watching the garbage and messing my brain up. There's some things that after you see it, you can't unsee it for the rest of your life. There's things right now that every one of you have in your mind image, and you might be out here working on the yard, working on a car, doing your homeschool work, and all of a sudden that image pops in your brain, and it'll be there for the rest of your life unless God somehow or another washes it away. Now you better watch what you watch. You better watch the excuses the devil gives you. So you can bypass that conscience and be corrupted by evil communications. See. Put the vaccine in the food. The Baptist will ingest it. They'll be the kings of vaccination. Put the pornography in a movie with a nice mystery. The women will buy it. They'll feed it to their husbands. The very women that say, stay away from pornography. I don't want you getting into pornography. Hey, you give them a nice mystery movie, a, a nice theme, and uh, play all the beautiful music, and just a big Hollywood production with a storyline. They'll buy it. They'll partake of it. Are you getting my point? Now listen to me. In early Rome... You've heard that Christians were fed to the lions and criminals and that type of thing. They had gladiator fights and uh, they would release the lions to eat the Christian martyrs. And the martyrs would say, I tell you what, we're trying to get into the first resurrection. May we be worthy of the first resurrection. It's not this world I'm living for. It's the world to come. If we suffer, we shall reign. And I'm willing to die for my Lord Jesus to reign with him a thousand years. That's what the early Christians said. That's why the early Christians died and were willing to suffer instead of compromise. But listen, they did not say, let's just all sit back here and feed people to lions and watch everybody brutalize each other with a bunch of gore. That's not what they did. No, 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 no. They had a movie. It was a Roman theater. You went and they dressed up those Christians as various actors and actresses. The gladiators, they were all playing a part in a movie. This was giant cinema. This was circus. And there were some of them right there near where the Lord Jesus was. But in all four Gospels, it never says one time that the Lord went to witness in one of those circuses. You understand that? There were theaters, Roman theaters there. Our Lord not one time, not one time went anywhere near it. Why? Why? He witnessed the tax collectors. He witnessed all kinds of people. Why didn't the Lord go to the theater? Never once. Never once. If Paul went to the theater, it's because they're feeding him to lions and he had to fight with wild beasts. So since we know the devil with his bloodlust and his evil and his reality TV... To get people to partake of it, it had to be mixed with 
a theme. So the devil says, I know how to get you to view this stuff. We'll give you a mystery. We'll give you a theme. Or we'll give you something like not just drama, but how about a faith-based moral theme? Would you like that? Would you like a faith-based moral theme? Maybe on a subject of that everybody can relate on, you know. Uh, everybody agrees for the most part that we ought not have this or that or this or that. And, and we'll have, every, what about the crucifixion? How about we just watch uh, this bloody glory with a whole bunch of porno actors that, that had normally been in porn. And, uh, and, and we just do all kinds of horrible things. Will the Christians come and eat popcorn and watch this? Oh, they'll do it if you tell them it's Jesus getting crucified. Oh, they'll watch somebody naked if you tell them it's Jesus getting crucified. Christians will. They'll load up their Sunday school girls. Uh, uh, I tell you, is this not the most insane generation that's ever been on the face of the earth? I believe it is. I believe you've gone mad. Why doesn't anybody think? Then there's faith-based Christian so-called movies and you'll read the Dove Review Movie Guide, and it'll say, well, we give this our full endorsement for all ages, but we don't know why they kept having close-ups of cleavage and things like that. We don't know, oh, there were some scenes that we just don't agree with. I don't know why they had to do this, but nevertheless, we give it our full endorsement for all ages because it's about faith. So it doesn't matter what slop or what teasing is in the movie. I mean, just go ahead. Who's behind? Who's funding these things? Certainly, it's the spirit of the air that's behind a lot of this. I'm not telling you there's no decent faith-based movie, but you're going to have to look pretty hard to find one. And once you get addicted to it, what are you going to do? If you don't know how to sit back and play a game with your family or read the Bible or enjoy, what are you going to do? Once you're addicted, you're addicted. You're going to spend a lot of time trying to read and find something. You're going to do a whole lot of compromises. I tell you what, because you're addicted. You're addicted to the media. Poison in a new form is still poison, Church of God. Same with the media. Well, this isn't... Yes, it's rape and murder and gore and uh, trashing women and everything, but it's a game. They're playing a game. My boy's playing a game. That's what he's doing. Oh, it's demonic and occult and gross and, and morbid. It's a game. He's playing a game. Y'all playing some games in there, Billy? What kind of game are you playing, Billy? Oh, Billy and Bobby, y'all still playing the game? Oh, it's been 12 hours. You're still playing a game? Oh, what is that that you're playing? Oh, how gross, how disgusting. Oh, but it is a game. Okay, as long as it's a game. You tell me the devil doesn't know how to repackage things. Remember our original article, Wall Street Journal, young people say disconnect keeps them from church. Half of people between 13 and 25 surveyed by a nonprofit said they felt out of sync with their houses of worship on race, gender, immigration, and more, I'd sure like to know what it is that you're out of sync on with any of this. What, what, what are you talking about? What they mean is, number one, they approve of homosexuality. How did that happen? How did, how did kids in religious households all of a sudden say, it's okay, it's okay to be a pervert? How did that happen? 
And I don't want to go to church there because they say it's wrong to be a pervert. So, how did that happen? How did it happen? Poor, disconnected youth. They're disconnected from the houses of worship that are still left in America. Most of these houses of worship, or a lot of them are trying to change. Say, we'll change our view of all of this. We'll change. I don't know what they mean by race, but, but gender, immigration. What, what, what do you want? You want people to come across the border? You don't know whether they're rapists or murderers? That's all I've ever heard. People just don't want people coming across the border unless we know who's coming across. Isn't that common sense? Open the door and and just let a whole bunch of people that believe in blowing themselves up with bombs for Allah? Is that good? What, What do you disagree with about immigration? The same people put fences around their house. The, the, the same people. So, so somebody, in the name of stupidity, is trying to destroy this country. Make them all Democrat or, or just get rid of it. I, I used to think they just want everybody Democrat. I don't believe that anymore. I think they just want to blow up the whole country, get rid of it. I'm going to tell you, because children did not disconnect from Satan, they ended up intoxicated with the world. Now they're addicted to him. And so they're, spew, they're spouting out from their heart what they've already ingested. They already got a wicked heart. Then they fed it with all of this poison and sewer. And now they think, I think it's okay to be gay or pervert, sodomite. Half of young people ages 13 to 25 surveyed said they don't think that religious institutions care as much about, as they do about issues that matter deeply to them, according to a report released by Springtide Research Institute. I feel deeply about the idea that it's okay to be a pervert. Well, how did you feel? How did you end up with such stupid thinking? That's my question. What happened? Tell me, son. And I've asked a lot of them. I've asked a lot of them. I'm like, son, I want to. I want to know how you ended up like this. In my office. Do you ever get a whipping, son, in your life? No, sir. Tears come down their eyes. Did you have access to computer? Yep, porn, everything. They just left it wide open. Okay. Well, we got a good explanation of how you ended up the way you ended up. There's no mystery to this one. There's some mysteries to some of them. People have a free will. But I'll tell you, there's no mystery to this one. Or the next one. Or the next one. No mystery here. Your manners and your thinking got corrupted. The wicked woman in the Bible says, stolen waters are sweet. See, when something's denied, it does become more appealing to the flesh. And that's the psychology behind opening the floodgates of Satan. It is true that if you're keeping people from something, there is a temptation for it to be appealing. You can even force separation, not anymore, but there was a time when a man could force separation in his house. That's gone. God demands separation. He sure forced it in the Old Testament to some degree. He took the boy Achan that messed with that Babylonian garment and had him stoned to death before all of Israel. He forced separation. But what God always wanted 
was not just a forced separation. He wanted a heart change. And with Jesus Christ and the conversion through faith alone, you can have a new heart. You've been given a new person, a new creature. But you've got to choose to walk in it. You've got to make the choice that I'm going to walk in the new man. And your parents and the church are to give you a lot of influence and motivation to walk therein. See, the preaching, the rod, encouragement, teaching, instruction. But notice this now. What I'm trying to tell you is, young person, unless you in your heart change, unless you allow yourself to be changed and God give you a new affection, Lest you choose God and His way over the wicked world, you're just going to, finally you'll have the power to go do whatever you want to some degree, and then you'll find out you never really have the power to do whatever you want. You just have the power to fill yourself with sewer. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians, Wherefore come out from among them, and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. See, as a young person... Don't just obey your parents. Don't just obey the preacher. That's part of it. Praise God for people who say, I never did that because I didn't want to displease my daddy. Hey, I've heard a lot of people say, there's been testimony. People became great Christians. They said, I didn't want to disobey my parents. I didn't want to displease them. I didn't want to break their heart. Praise God for that. That is a holy motive. Same with, I don't want to break God's heart. I don't want to make God angry. I don't want to make God sad. Praise God for that. I don't want to ruin my testimony. What, what, what about the psalmist who said, I don't want the other kids to get messed up by what I'm doing. Can't you have some affection in your heart? Can't you somehow or another know what your brothers and your sisters are going to do if you fall? How you are tempting them? How you are tempting your spiritual brothers and sisters in this church? How your cousins are watching you? Aha, uh-huh, we knew we couldn't stand. Aha, uh-huh, see, we, we knew that. We knew it. And now they're going to raise their kids in vomit and filth because of you? How much destruction will you leave in the wake of your decision to choose the world over God? We know that no matter what we do, whipping and preaching and whatever, that that, that you have to choose in your heart whether you're going to serve God or not. It's got to be you. It's got to be your choice. What about Psalms 101? I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Why can't you say that at 12 years old? Why can't you say it at 20? God forbid. I hate the work of them that turn aside. That has to do with affection. Nobody has to tell this man this. He says, I hate it. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It's all rebellious. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. You're out of here, buddy. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you. I will not know a wicked person. You're not coming through. No, no, no. Wicked jokes, man. That's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. They said this was clean comedy. That's not funny. That's not funny. No, no, no. no. You get rid of it. Get rid of it. They just blasphemed my Lord. That's not funny. That was sleazy. I think this fellow is a queer. I think he's a pervert. See? No, I I don't want to listen to this. Why can't you do that? Why can't you say, I love my Lord. I'm afraid of my Lord. I I want to do what's right. This has to do with your affection, my friend. Have you turned your heart to God or do you love this world? And I'm going to tell you something. If you love this world, you're going to hate the real Jesus. 
If you love this world and your affections are upon this world, you're going to hate anybody who represents him. Oh, I'm going to make you mad. You're going to say there's nobody I hate worse than that Pastor Joey. I tell you what, but oh, there'll be a lot of other people you'll meet and you'll hate them too. Because anybody that provokes you to do good for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to hate. Look at this. Look at this now. First John, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do you see that? You can't have them both. You cannot have them both. There'll be a form of godliness that these disobedient youth who lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God will have. But God says you cannot have the love of the world and the love of him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You got to choose right now whether you will love God and it has to be your choice. It has to be your choice. That's what we're trying to get you to do, is to choose. Choose to love God. To understand we're separating from evil because we love God. James 4, you adulteresses and adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. If your affections are for this world and for the whores and for the queers and for that whole rebellious thing, I'm not telling you not to love these people where you want them to get saved. I'm talking about this sinful system called the world that is celebrated for money and for other agendas. Do you love that thing? You've got to choose not to. David did, praise God. 1 Chronicles 29, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. If you don't learn how to control what you like and don't like, you're going to have trouble getting married, my friend. Boy, I used to love my wife. I used to love my husband. Well, I don't love him anymore. A godly Christian counselor will tell you, well, that's a command, buddy. Go do it. Well, can, can I control what I like and don't like? You better believe you can. By what you think about and what you do will soon change these feelings. So God says that they can be changed through a process. So are you working to learn how to love God's house? He died for the church. He died for this institution right here. He loves it. Colossians, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If a young person doesn't do this, buddy, when you finally get the legal right to go do whatever you want before man, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do because your heart was never right. You never love the things of God. You love the things of the earth and the world. Now, once you are learning to like the things of God, it will be easy to replace the wickedness in your life. He says in 2 Timothy 2, If a man therefore purge himself from these, these people, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared in every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Notice that replacement. You're fleeing the youthful lust and all these evil people that are carnal and you're replacing it with righteous, God-fearing people and you are with them. You're with them in church. You're with them in fellowship. You choose your friends very carefully because he that walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Do you see this replacement? You don't just sit around with a void and say, well, here I am. 
I can't play that computer game because my mean old dad or mama, I can't do this. I can't go watch all the new movies that everybody's watching with all the porno and, and gore and wickedness and occultism. I can't do nothing. Poor me. I just got to sit back like this. You were never designed to be like that. You were designed to enjoy the things of God, enjoy God's people, replace. Why don't you be righteous? Well, how am I ever going to get married around that place? Hey, you wouldn't believe what we can do. Hey, why don't you turn your heart toward the house of God and help Brother Matt and Gary and all these men or women that come out of here and work and build up this place? You wouldn't believe the conferences and events and things. Getting you a husband or wife, that's no big deal. The big deal is whether you're going to turn your heart to God. You understand that? I mean that sincerely. I mean that sincerely. I don't want to downplay the importance of that decision. I'm just telling you, bringing you into contact with like-minded, godly people, that's the least of the problem. The problem right now is your heart. See, that's the problem. Now, if you don't do all of this, I'm going to give you a warning. You want to go out there and play with the world? It's not just that God sits back and says, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done that. It's not that the Christian pastor and parents just say, oh, I hate the fact that they're doing that. They get to enjoy something we don't get to enjoy. That's not what's happening, folks. What's happening is you're messing with something that is going to burn you. It is going to burn you as sure as Achan was stoned with stones. It's going to burn you because God says, can he walk on these coals and not be burned? God says, can you touch this thing and not be hurt by it? Her house is the way to hell. You better watch out. So God says in Isaiah 47, thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. He said, I'll be okay. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thy heart, I am and none else. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Let me read it here. It got messed up on there. There's, Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt not know from whence it riseth. And mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thy enchantments, with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so be, thou mayest prevail. In other words, he's saying, stand now with your computer games, with your comedians, with your sports heroes, with your wicked movies and wicked friends and all your little occultism and magic. Stand now and see if it can stop the destruction that's coming upon you. I have a book called um, The History and Defense of Literal Interpretation where I go through the history of the witch trials. Salem witch trials. where a slave girl began to lead the kids she was babysitting in magic games, voodoo rituals and things like that. When the preacher came home, his daughters and their friends were speaking in men's voices. We have record after record after record, and I provide them in that book. I witnessed testimony that they were levitating that 12 men could not hold them down. That they were speaking with men's voices that wasn't physical for them to do. How did these children get possessed by evil communication? And then, of course, I document that they asked the children, who did this to you? And they would point to the Christians in town. And then they would go kill the Christian in town, burn them, drown them. A lot of people died. When it was all over, 
the judges repented, most of them. The people that had got hysterical and realized we should have never listened to devils. We had magic everywhere that, that was in church that we didn't even know. We had begun to tolerate occultism and magic. Historians look back, even liberal ones, in the 1820s and said, let this be a warning to the world and to every person. When you mess with things like magic, it might seem beautiful and wonderful, but there's going to be destruction and death and evil that will manifest. Before Hitler came to power, as I tell you, there was the greatest revival in the 20s of occultism and psychics that you'd ever seen. Have you ever thought about the fact that the very Civil War uh, came about at the time with bloodshed all over America at a time when um, they were turning to seances and sorcery? You better start thinking about these things. The whole world has been intrigued by the young couple. What happened to Gabby Petito? And then the next thing you know, whether it's a distraction or what, the media focused on this thing, but whatever the reason, her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, the Independent calls it the dark themes that permeate his digital footprint. The girl ended up, disappeared, then they found her dead, killed, murdered. The boy came back to his house, wouldn't talk to anybody, wouldn't talk to the police. They've been looking for him. Next thing you know, they find him dead. So nobody really knows what happened. But there are some things that people are speculating about. Can you believe the darkness that was in this boy and girl's life? Even the world is calling it dark and satanic. They lived with their parents at Northport. Should you do that before marriage? Should you be boyfriend and girlfriend and, and fornicate and live like you're married before you're married? Number one, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. They portrayed a happy social media life, far from reality. Before she was murdered, I tell you, as sure as I'm sitting here, I looked at that fellow and says, man, that fellow looks like a fool. Just look at him. I, I'm not going to show you his picture now, but anybody can look at him and say, there's something's wrong with that boy. He looks like a fool. I don't mean his looks in general. I mean he acts like a fool. There's the young girl, 21, 22, I can't remember. He and Miss Petito told officers attending a domestic disturbance in Utah that they were suffering from a mental health breakdown. When spoken to by police, she claimed to have instigated the fight and said she had been suffering from anxiety. Why is anybody telling us whether they were on psych drugs? He, he actually says that, that I, I was, but I'm not taking it right now. And Of course, the world's going to say, see, you've got to keep taking it. How about all these people that murder and commit suicide on these wicked drugs, you know? You don't know what you're doing with the brain there with some of this stuff. I mean, what, what in the world are you doing? But check this out. He has a fondness for his pop culture icons that I won't even mention right now. Wicked comic books. Wicked authors. 
and um, that write such gory, wicked, evil things that they cannot be uttered. Okay? When they were driving down the road, he blogged that I cannot believe some of the things that me and Gabby are reading out loud to one another from these wicked authors about occultism and murder and gore. And he thought it was funny. He said, well, it's so amazing. I can't believe what's coming out of our mouths right now. He was shocked. In all of his gore and love of death culture, he was shocked. I can't believe we're reading this. He ended up with the uh, Columbine. They believed in evolution in a similar situation when they shot up the school. Humans are primates, he said. Really? Only 800 million years ago, animal cells started appearing on Earth. You know, how come you always find evolution behind a lot of this stuff? Where there's murder and bad things happening, you know. Admiration for film characters like the Joker and all of these violent video games. I won't mention what they are, but the news says that he was into the most violent video games and books. Laundry's Blood Mountain geotag, where there was murder, serial murder. They happened to be there, and he made sure to tag it. Instagram with Gabby Petito has taken on a darker significance as his demonic artwork revealed scenes of bloody carnage. Do you sit around and like to draw a bunch of blood and gore? What happened to you? Something's not right. See, what's going on? Hey, what are you drawing? Why do the characters look like that? Why is it so violent and gory? I understand boys are going to be fascinated with fighting and things like that, but if you're just sitting around with dark, gory scenes of death, what's wrong with you, kid? Where'd you get that? Brian's dark artwork and his interest in demonic imagery are significant, given the emphasis on blood and violence. Dog the Bounty Hunter expressed horror at his art. That's not some fundamental Christian fella. If he looked at it and says, man, this is horrible. This is scaring me. Dog the Bounty Hunter said, this is what happens when your kid is looking at those kinds of things. It catches on and it's demons and it's blood and it's this and it's that. Look what that led to. He might just be right. He might just be right. He's saying he's a bunch of devils. There are devils manifest, and not just in the man, not just in the boy. You ought to see the occultism and stuff. She was reading it. Any girl that will go with a fella and be driving down the road, he says, oh, he's into the darkest, goriest murder occult books you can imagine. And we read it to one another. Something's wrong with you. See, something's wrong with you. I'm not saying that, 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 that she, she deserves to be murdered. God forbid. I'm saying that this is stuff you don't want to mess with. It's not a game. Occultism's not a game. Gore. Hitler would cause people around him to watch fornication and gore every single night. That's what he would do. That's what you would do. Look who he was. Brian says, when I pondered whether I should do a Lucifer stamp, all I could hear in the deep recesses of my mind was do it. Should I draw Lucifer? So he's already saying, I've been listening to voices telling me, draw a picture of Lucifer.
Four signs Brian Laundrie was addicted to demonic world from twisted books and chilling art. Months before he embarked on the cross-country trip, he was sharing his love of haunting pictures, twisted novels, witchcraft-inspired pages. He uploaded an image, a definition for nyctophilia, those that love the darkness. Dog the Bounty Hunter says that he would get mad at his kids if they read Dungeons and Dragons because he's now a believer in Jesus. He says a couple of the books that, he's, that this Brian fellow was reading are worse than Dungeons and Dragons. He's obviously taking these books to heart. He's got witchcraft books that he's for. Are you a witch, a fan of magic? If the answer is yes, then these pocket guides of witchcraft are for you. Now what did the historian say? If you mess around with this stuff, bad stuff is going to come upon you. Bad, bad stuff is coming upon your house. Who is Hollywood? You can Google that right now. And uh, Hollywood is full of unsaved communist Jews. I believe the land of Israel right now is a fulfillment of prophecy. The Bible says that they would be revealed and restored to their land in unbelief. But I also realize that a lot of Jews do hate Christ. I'm not some anti-Semitic. I'm not one of these people that love to just read every little anti-Jew conspiracy and think it's Jews behind everything. And, and you know, that, that's unbalanced. That's unbalanced. But it is true that almost 80% of those that are in Hollywood, running Hollywood, are Jews, Masons. And now they're largely sold out to China. They're not Bible believers. This is my point. Back in the 40s and 50s, even the government was involved in trying to expose the Hollywood communists. Okay? They knew that this power of making a movie is too big of a power. And there's communists behind these Hollywood movies. That is until 1960. On January 1960, uh, director Otto Preminger publicly announced that Dalton Trumbo, one of those communists, one of the best-known members of the Hollywood Ten, was the screenwriter of his forthcoming film, Exodus. Oh, he's making a Bible. Well, well, there you go. He's making a Bible film. And they say from that point on, it was all seen to be just a big misunderstanding. We should have never been chasing communists. That was all the big red scare. These are nice people. Now since then, others have written books saying, hey, they were really communist. There really was an attempt through movies. But you know, you don't have to be a member of the Communist Party to be a communist. You understand that? How about you just share their Marxist ideology? I guess I will end with, recently you had headlines in the news that say they're calling it a satanic sacrifice, the latest rap tragedy. I will tell you, I have never heard of whoever it was that was having that concert. But when I clicked on the articles, I guess everybody was rushing the stage there in Houston and... A lot of kids died. A lot of people died. The rapper, they are saying, didn't stop when he was supposed to. He claims he didn't know. 
But people are going back and saying, wow, we could have expected something horrible to happen. Look at his satanic imagery that he had. These are Satanists. And this was a sacrifice to Satan. Well, you read these articles and the news sites that are saying this as headlines are mocking it. But the reason they're mocking it is they changed the definition. And so they want you to prove that he was a practicing Satanist and that he intended at that concert to have a sacrifice unto Satan. That's not what needs to be proved. How about you go back and look at the videos uh, or, or read the news site about the fact that he's not long ago at a concert and somebody touches his shoe and he spits upon him and starts blast cussing and telling the whole crowd to attack this fella. That's mayhem. Why don't you look at the fact where you have all these kids and people rushing in rage and, and rushing through the gates and he's like, rage, rage, more rage. Be safe though. And I'm going to tell you, that's the problem here. When you try to say, we can have satanic rage and mayhem and rebellion, but don't hurt nobody. You know, here kids, go, go, go watch all this gore and evil, but, but never, don't, 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 don't duplicate any of it. Don't, don't get a love for darkness and death, even though you love to watch those types of movies. I guess that brings us as a closer to the fact that His girlfriend, I guess one of the Kardashians, I don't even know what's going on with this thing for the past 10 years. You look in the news and I've never seen Kardashian reality TV. I don't know why these people are always in my news, you know, and I try to find sites that don't have them there because I don't think they're attractive looking. That's just me personally. I don't know what they've done to themselves. They've used plastic surgery and they've morphed themselves into something that is just not attractive to me. Uh, if it is to you, so be it. But I'm telling you, what they are doing is celebrating trash culture. And if you got any more attention, I'm closing in five minutes. I guarantee it. But they have trash culture. Who watched the clock to see if they can prove me wrong? This girlfriend, Kylie, is one of the Bruce Jenner who now thinks he's a woman, some types descended somehow or another from, from him. And um, she starred in E!, some reality television, which they say is just full of slop and garbage, keeping up with the Kardashians. She has cosmetics. It says, Time listed her as the most influential teen in the world. One of the most, and I said, okay, wait a minute, wait just a second. This is where these girls are getting this. I'm looking around at some modern girls. I'm like, what would make you think that if you dress like a harlot from the hood, that somehow or another that's empowering? Why do you want to be that? What, what, what's going on? Where, where are you getting this from? Then I learned that uh, she has influence on Instagram with 270 million followers, the most followed woman on Instagram. I'm like, well, no wonder. So as these youth are on Instagram, they're looking and saying, this is what I want to be. I want to find me a rapper as a boyfriend that can't pull his britches up. And maybe he'll be a millionaire. Hey, maybe not. Because you get one or two or three or four rappers that become millionaires. What, what about the millions that never become millionaires? 
and end up addicted to drugs dragging you around by your hair. So as you've got modern girls mocking and women, traditional Christianity is unsafe. I had to leave that church, that fundamentalism. It's so unsafe. But you're dressed like a hood harlot? That's empowering and safe? And then you go and get in your car? And I, and I, I didn't click on it, but I clicked on what, what are some lyrics that were coming for? I, I can't even read them. I'm like, it's so sick and morbid and depraved and trashing women and demeaning women that this is, this is what the most influential woman on Instagram chose as a boyfriend? And, and I've even read some feminists out there that are saying, well, it is a contradiction when you look at what's in my CD player. I don't know why I do it, but everybody says I'm supposed to listen to it, so I guess I will. And I pray every single woman and girl in this church says, I want nothing to do with trash culture. I don't care where it comes from or what it is. I want to be beautiful as God intended me. Uh, God forbid. Dear Holy Father, I do pray that you will help us just because something's popular, God, you've told us not to run with the multitude to do evil. And Father, you said pretty soon the whole world will be drunk and mad. You said they'll be insane, Lord. Just as in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lord, let us be of sound mind, walking in your spirit, rejoicing in your coming. Let our young people, Father, not be afraid to be bold for you and to stand out from the crowd. Help us, God, to have the boldness and courage to be different for you. In Jesus' holy name, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for salvation through faith alone. We thank you that you've saved us sinners, God given us eternity that can never be taken away from us. But let us race for the prize. Let us suffer that we may reign. Lead us not into temptation, but to whatever degree we have to suffer against the world, let it be. Let these Christians be bold. Thank you for the bold girls in this church. Lord. Thank you for the bold young men. I pray they'll grow. In Jesus' name, amen.